hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unapologetically Relatable Podcast. I'm Skylar. And I'm Lindsay. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, we're here for another episode. We actually just got done watching the new Little Mermaid movie. What yeah. did you think of it? I like the movie as a whole just because the Little Mermaid is my favorite princess. Um, I think the ending lost me. Like, I just didn't care for the ending. But as a whole, I thought it was a pretty okay movie. I thought it, yeah. I I told you before, I feel like the ending looked <laughs> like it came out of, like, an 80s movie. Yeah. Like, for some reason, just the way they made all, like, King Triton and all the mermaids look, it just... It didn't look up to date as it Which should. Which is weird. But I guess it's a reenactment, right, of... Yeah, but I still I think feel even like that one was in the 90s, but yeah. But, but like all of the other scenes I felt like looked like they were made in 2023. But for some reason that, that, the, yeah. that scene just looked so dated. It was kind of strange. I was not expecting that. But I overall I thought it was good. Uh, Lily was a little she said that sh- there was too many differences from the original so she wasn't didn't like that I feel like they always do that though like even in Beauty and the Beast like it was different Aladdin like they kind of do go a little bit different yeah I was trying to think out of all of the live action ones that they've made which one's my favorite I think it might be Aladdin. That's what Lily said. She yeah. said she thought Aladdin was the best like live action remake of I the movie. I think movies. so too. I hated Beauty and the Beast. Really? I yeah. liked Beauty and the I Beast. I felt like it was so auto-tuned. It uh, bothered I could me. See that. It bothered me so much, but I feel like Hallie did a, her voice. She did amazing. So She did do really good. I was thinking the whole time or the f- beginning where it's a lot of it is her by herself yeah. in the ocean. I was just thinking how hard that must have been for her to like play that part. Have you seen the behind the scenes? No, I need They're to go watch intense, it yeah. because it's like she's acting by herself. Yeah. There's nothing around her like and, but she has to have the right like motions and the right facial expressions. But she sees nothing because it's, it's all like added in later. A room kind of like we're in and she's hooked up to all this stuff. And then there's like people like when she's swimming away, there's like people kind of pushing her and people pulling her back. And they're all like hooked up to all this stuff. I need to go watch it yeah. because I was like that must have she did a really good job. There was but I just thought it would be that would be hard to act in those parts. It would be. There was one where she like released some behind the scenes and she was like it's day three of recording part of your world and she was like i'm mentally exhausted she was like i'm like breaking out i'm tired she's like it's a lot i'm sure and that was like three years ago which is crazy but i i liked it i liked it ariel will always be my favorite i'm excited for some of the newer ones they're coming like moana like i hope that one is good oh yeah i heard they're gonna do lilo and stitch that one will be interesting Mm -hmm. for sure yeah, I can't picture what it's going to look like. But Moana, for sure, I think would be a good one. Yeah. Um, And then I don't know if there'll be any more. I haven't been paying attention, so. I haven't. I don't even really watch movie previews unless I'm at the movie theater. Yeah. So I had never watched the preview for Little Mermaid except oh, really? for little, like, snippets I saw online. I mean, I get everything from TikTok if it doesn't. If it's not on TikTok, I won't know. I don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I see other stuff, but I I feel like for some reason I didn't even see the full like preview for that. I don't feel like they advertise it or maybe like it's like you said, like we didn't like look for it. Maybe. I just know the one part where it was part of your world. Other than that, like I didn't see any of anything. So Yeah. Yep. Who knows? All right. Um, well, today we are have another episode for you guys. And today we're going to be talking about pregnancy loss. This is something that both Skylar and I have experienced, unfortunately. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people experience it, just not a lot of people talk about it. So we thought it would be good to just come on here and share our experiences and just talk about it. It's a part of motherhood unfortunately it's a sad part of it that happens to a lot of people and yeah yeah I mean for me like to kind of get it started I feel like kind of what you talked about pregnancy loss is not talked about like at all I feel like as women we suffer in silence 
and even amongst other women like in our friend group like we don't really we don't really it's just not talked about yeah and like my question for you is like why do you think that is like i think i i think a lot of it has to do with just like the shame that you feel i mean honestly when you lose a pregnancy it's not because of anything that you've done Mm -hmm. but for some reason you still feel this like sense of shame and i know for me i felt like a lot of like that my body failed me that was a big thing that I had to overcome is that feeling like my body wasn't as strong and that it failed me and I think that's a bar a lot of why people don't talk about it is because it is it's sad and it's scary and you just feel ashamed even though you shouldn't because there's it's not like you did anything for it to happen yeah I think for me um I never really learned about the types of pregnancy loss Mm -hmm. until I went through it myself. Um, Before I had Layton, I had a miscarriage at 11 weeks. And it's so surreal to kind of look back on it because when it happens, I think you, at least for me, you think that there's something you can do to prevent it or to stop it. Mm -hmm. And Unfortunately, there's literally nothing you can do. And the doctors even say that because I've been to the doctors after a loss and they've literally said like once it's happening, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And I I remember like mine, like feeling this weird pop, (coughs) sorry, (coughs) pop when it happened and we were out to eat and I was just immediately like we have to go home like Mm -hmm. you need to get the check like we can't I gotta go home and then calling my doctor and her telling me like you're you're probably miscarrying um we'll get you in tomorrow I was kind of upset because she didn't even feel like like a need to even like see me but it's because she's familiar with what I described I was feeling yeah um and I kind of just had to like go through it alone. I feel like I went through a phase of denial because even after you have a miscarriage, your HCG levels are still high. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, well, if my levels are still high, like maybe everything's okay. And they're like, no. Well, and I've even heard people say like not to take a pregnancy test during that time because it'll still show positive. It will, yeah. Even though you are no longer pregnant. I want to say it took about two months for the HCG levels to fully get out of my body. Hmm. Um, and I feel like even during that, I, f- I did feel like a lot of shame. I felt like something was wrong with me, like... Did I work too hard? Was I doing too much? Was I not eating enough? Did I take too hot of showers or baths and things like that? Literally everything runs through your mind of what you think you could have done wrong. Yeah, or like, I'm like, oh, if I should have did this differently. And it's, like we said, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to prevent it from happening. If it's going to happen, it's, it's going to happen. And you kind of just have to grieve it. Yeah. Um. And there's different levels, you know, of pregnancy loss. Like, my experience with it was a miscarriage, um, but yours was completely different. Yeah, so I've um, I've actually went through two different types of pregnancy loss. Um, after I had Lily, I, was pre- I got pregnant. Um, I mean, it was a while. I think she was 10. And we had decided to try for another baby, and I got pregnant. And I actually had a stillbirth with that pregnancy. I had him at um, just almost 21 weeks. I My water ended up breaking. And with me, um, that whole pregnancy had been very stressful yeah. because around 10 weeks of pregnancy, I actually started bleeding, which at that point I thought I was having a miscarriage. And when I went to the doctor, I wasn't having a miscarriage. I just had a hemorrhage. And so I was actively bleeding. And I bled all the way from 10 weeks pregnant to the time I had him, which was almost 21 weeks. And that was 
a very stressful time because the whole time I was worried that I was going to lose the pregnancy. Um, I keep saying him because we did know that he was a boy um, and we did name him at the hospital and his name was Kai. So we did um, have that. So we still, you'll, you may hear me refer to him as Kai just whenever because um, yeah. that was his name. Um, but yeah, so that whole time I was bleeding and I would go to the doctor and I would tell them what was happening and there was really nothing that they could do. They just, we just kind of were hoping I would stop bleeding and I never did. And because of how much I was bleeding, they believe that's what ended up causing my water to break is just because it was like the stress of there probably yeah and i know i was very stressed the entire time as well and i try not to be and but i mean what are you gonna do i feel like because i don't know you know the experience of having a stillbirth but also being pregnant and bleeding yeah i'm sure your mind you know, you get in your head and your mind is just constantly running and you're in your own thoughts, like by yourself. In a way, pregnancy sometimes can be very lonely, even if you have someone who's pregnant with you, even if you have a partner, like you're the only one who knows what it feels like, what your body feels like. Yeah. And I'm sure that was stressful just knowing, you know, because you, you just want to protect your baby. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't know what I was going through at that time because I just didn't worry yeah i didn't want to add i think my biggest thing was i knew people would then come to me asking me if i was okay and how i was feeling and it's all out of care and concern but i personally couldn't deal with that i felt like i that would just add additional stress to me which maybe wasn't fair but at the time that's what i felt was best so obviously my husband knew and my mom knew and I th- and my dad I think and that's really it no one else knew really what I was I think I maybe told you I knew yeah um but no one else really knew what I was going through so then I I, I don't know that added a lot of stress I didn't feel like I was able to be excited about my pregnancy and then my what when my water broke I went into labor and delivered him so I went through a whole like labor and delivery like process but because he was so early, he wasn't able to survive. So that's why he was a stillbir- stillborn. Um, and then after that pregnancy, I had a miscarriage when I was eight weeks pregnant a couple months later. And that was a different feeling, still stressful. Um, I remember we were actually traveling at the time mm-hmm. and I could ju- I just wasn't feeling super great I kind of had a little bit of cramping but I wasn't bleeding and I just just overall just felt not great and then um like the last day of our trip I started spotting and I called my doctor and I ended up miscarrying um over that next couple of days and that was again just a very different experience from my previous pregnancy loss, which was a stillbirth. And I, I haven't really shared a lot about the miscarriage, but I did actually share on my social media when I had um, Kai, because I, I had actually announced my pregnancy on social media, mm-hmm. and then when I lost him, I shared that on social media as well, and that took me a while to share about because I wasn't sure that I wanted to share it because I was grieving. And it's so personal, too. It's very personal, but I also didn't want people messaging me, asking how the pregnancy was going, how I was feeling, or just people I guess in general like wondering wondering I guess is the biggest thing because if I had already announced I was pregnant if I had never said anything about the loss I feel like people would be wondering about that and although it doesn't matter for me personally I felt like it was best just to share it yeah put it out there and I have been open on my social media about my experience and my loss and my that actually has helped me a lot being able to talk about it I think it does especially just because 
it was a very traumatic experience. Yeah. And I feel like there's other women who have also had traumatic experience. I feel like around the time that you were going through that, um, wasn't it John Legend and his wife also had a stillborn around the same time or a little after? It was like a couple months later or yeah. maybe even only a month later. But I remember she shared about it and it did make me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah. Which I think was really important because, yeah, I had known other women. <coughs> I had known other women who had went through like miscarriages before, but never anyone who had experienced a stillbirth. Yeah. And not that I know Chrissy Teigen, but <laughs> it's still like, in a sense, like, I feel like you can know someone, not know someone, but make a connection through experiences. Yes. So that was helpful just to hear about because I, that's one thing I really noticed when I was going through that experience is people don't really want to talk about it. I feel like they are scared to talk about it. And I feel like, like ashamed, like, I don't know. It makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. And I noticed that when I was experiencing or going through this is people were very uncomfortable. They didn't want to talk to talk about it. They didn't like, I mean, I did have some people ask about it, but I, a lot of people didn't really ask about it other than the initial, like, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? And it's because they're uncomfortable and I kind of realize like I'm not uncomfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I, but I have noticed occasionally I'll mention something just as part of my experience and I can tell people get a little bit uncomfortable, but the truth is it, that is what happened. Like that's just part of pregnancy that some people experience and that's what my experience is. And I don't feel like it's something we should feel like uncomfortable talking about. I think it should be talked about more because I think it's a healing thing to talk about traumatic things that have happened to you and be able to sh like share it in a safe space with other people. It makes you one not feel alone. It makes you not feel like you did something wrong. Um, and it's, nice to have someone that knows exactly what you experience because I can relate to you with your miscarriage because I know what that feels like mm -hmm. um I can be empathetic to what happened with Kai but I don't know what it's like to have to go through labor and then know that you know your baby doesn't get to come home with you which is really s like it's sad yeah I and think that was a really hard part that even I didn't, even going into the situation, I had ended up going to just a little bit more information on what happened. Is I thought my water broke, or I didn't actually think my water broke. I just knew something was different. So I called my doctor. They suspected that my water broke. So they had me go into the, they had like a labor and delivery emergency room. So I went into there. They did a bunch of tests and then they that they tested and like were able to determine that my water had broken and that I was going to lose him and um then I went through like labor and delivery as you would with any type of um baby and I delivered him and I it was nice that I was able to hold him and kind of spend some time with him because I did have to stay the night at the hospital because I I ended up having a pretty scary birth. I because uh, he was so early, I was having issues with my placenta not like being delivered properly. So I actually lost a lot of blood and I had to go have a DNC for them to remove the placenta after he was born. And I ended up needing a blood transfusion as well. So that whole process was just very scary. And then uh, but I was able to hold him and he stayed in the room with us while we went, um, while we stayed in the hospital, but leaving the hospital and like not leaving with him yeah. was like very, very difficult. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, you had obviously Matt there with you. Did you have anyone else there with you? Yeah. So my mom was there with me as well. She, um, stayed the whole time 
and um t- took us home and I we went home and I remember I had to call um not that day but I I I had him on a Friday and on Sunday I actually called my boss because I I was like I can't go Any into time. work yeah so I called um, my boss and I told her and I ended up taking I only took a week off, which because like there's not any type of like situation where they give you time for that. Yeah. They ended up giving me like bereavement time, which was like what they were able to do. And I probably could have taken like sick time and stuff, too. But I took a week off and I remember that whole week I pretty much just laid on the couch and like did nothing like I don't think anyone expected <laughs> me to do anything else I'm actually like when I look back on it um like one uh, as we talked about as we kind of healed our friendship we talk all the time so I knew something was up because not necessarily what what actually happened but I'm like something's off because we hadn't talked and I think I had tried to call you, didn't answer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give her like a couple more days. And then I'll yeah, probably. Because sh- when you called me, I was actually in the hospital. I think I was actually like in labor when you called me. Yeah. I, I remember texting one of our friends and being like, hey, and, and I don't know if she knew yet. I don't um, think so. We didn't really tell anyone until after. I feel like she said she saw you the day before. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give her like a day. And if I don't hear from her, I'm just going to show better house because I don't know what's going on. And then I gave it um, another couple of days. And then you had got home and I, I called you and you answered. And as soon as I heard your voice, I knew something was wrong. Yeah, I think I like instantly started crying. You did. And then you told me and it was like, a level of shock and then needing to be like, okay, I need to go into like, how do like I Like a be protective mode yeah, almost. How, what can I do? Like, how can I be there for you? And I always tell you that I think you're so strong um, because I feel like you handled such a traumatic situation with such like grace and you were literally doing the best that you could even though I knew you were struggling like mentally you always just carry yourself like with such grace and like I always hold you like so high because (laughs) I'm just like Lindsay's so amazing um and I'm always proud of you and um I'm not gonna keep going because I don't get emotional but (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just feel like after that like you you didn't like uh, the best that you could. And I would say even better because you had to go back also to being a mom. Like yeah. You have a 10 year old that you have to take care of who understands, but probably also doesn't understand. Um, and then, you know, you ha- you're a wife, you have work, even you going back to work after a week. Like, I'm like, man, Lindsay needs to take more time. Like she needs, she needs time. Um, but well, like, like the crazy said, thing is like, there's nothing in those situations that like society doesn't know how to handle those type of situations yeah and like I said I I called my boss and I actually asked if I could take bereavement time and I wasn't even sure if that's something I could take yes because it's such a different situation I think you could have also taken if you really wanted to like FMLA you you I probably could have but I also feel like I needed to stay busy I think you did too I think because you get that's how depression happens um and i'm not saying like you shouldn't take time like every person is different Mm -hmm. i know after my miscarriage i fell into a depression yeah um i would imagine you also fell into a depression even if you didn't show it well i will say i It's kind of crazy because I look back at that time and obviously I was sad and grieving, but I it was crazy because I would say I remember. So he was born on November 13th and I hosted Thanksgiving at my house that Thanksgiving. And I at the time, I remember people asking me, like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, we can do it somewhere else. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm going to do it. And looking back, I'm like, I should have just let someone else do it. But I wanted to do it myself. And I think by I really think I felt by like the end of December first, like I was like, I'm okay. Like I'm I'm 
feeling fine. But it's not until actually my birthday, which is in April, that I realized like, oh, now I'm actually like feeling like myself again. So it took me like almost five months. I would say even like a year. Like there's little <laughs> things that I noticed about like you. Like mm-hmm. when you, I don't feel like you get angry easily. And so I feel like I could notice like little things like that. You, little things might set you off easier which is expected, but it's also because you're such a strong person. I feel like you don't kind of like to put that off on other people. Like you kind of tend to your needs. And I think for me, that's where I struggled as a friend is like, I'm, I don't want to be overbearing because I don't want to push, push, push. But I also don't want you to feel like you don't have anybody here. Yeah. I remember we actually got into a little bit of a fight. Like, yeah not right after but like probably I'd say a couple months later because and this was I feel like a lot of this was on me because I do tend to like you said like feel like I need to like take care of it on my own and like kind of push people away almost and I feel like we were I don't even remember how the conversation got started but I remember being upset with you because I felt like you weren't there for me yeah and then you were like well I I thought I was being there for you yeah and then that kind of like fit like then we kind of were like oh, okay well that was on both of us feeling different ways about the situation it's the communication that we <laughs> talk about we just need to do i think for me i think you didn't <laughs> like that i would just text and be like hey are you okay well because i think and she would text me and be like are you okay do you need anything which is fine <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with that and but for me I'm just like no I'm not okay and no I don't need anything which was like that's I didn't on know how to like what like I didn't want to overstep and like make you feel like overbared mm-hmm. like I don't know if that's word but and I'm like looking back I'm like maybe I should have just been like not that I wasn't there because I was there she but was. maybe I should have been overbearing so that you felt loved but I don't feel like knowing who you are I don't think that's what you wanted or what you yeah honestly I don't think I would have taken that well I think you would have been mad (laughs) (laughs) and so I don't think it was uh, like honestly none of it was you yeah it was just me grieving and healing from the situation yeah um because looking back on it literally there wasn't anything where you just like disappeared and didn't talk to me or anything like that like you were texting you were like checking in on me and I just wasn't ready to receive that, I think. I think it was, like, probably before your birthday when we talked about it again. And you kind of, I could see, I, I agree that around your birthday you felt better. Yeah, I, I, I do also think it took, like, a full year to really be, like, fully. I mean, I don't even know that I'm ever going to be, like, fully healed from right. it. But around my birthday, I noticed a huge change in just the way I felt. Like, honestly, I just felt lighter. Yeah. Like, I just didn't feel so, like, sad. Like, I was still sad, and I still, I mean, even to this day, I get, like, just moments that make me sad about um, losing him. And But I feel, and then um, I remember around August, I got real like, the August after he was born, I got really sad again, and I couldn't re- really figure out why, and it's because I remembered it was around that time that we told all our family mm-hmm. um, about him that I was pregnant, and then I was okay again, and then around the one-year mark again, so that's when I got really sad again, and then I feel like after that, I started feeling okay, mm-hmm. um, and it was at the one-year mark, I was actually pregnant with my youngest daughter, um, with Kalila. So I think that kind of helped, too, although that pregnancy was stressful, which we'll talk about in another yes. episode. <laughs> um, but I just it just takes time. and uh, But again, I think a big part that helped me was talking about it. I've never been shy about talking about my situation. Yeah, we've talked about that. I remember like us talking about it and just telling you like I feel like you should share it and that there is probably women going through it or have gone through it and have not shared how they feel with anyone and I feel like your story and other stories help. I agree. So I have been open about it on social media. Um I obviously shared when I lost him. 
that wasn't more that wasn't really because I wanted to share it was more because I felt like I needed to so that people would not bother me (laughs) honestly yeah Lindsay is the type where I feel like you don't want people to we've talked about this before you don't want people to feel sorry for you yeah that was a big thing too is I did I don't want people to feel sorry for me did I go through something sad yes but I don't want to I don't want people to feel sorry for me and we've had the conversation that it's okay it's not like they're feeling like you're less than. It's just like they are sorry. Like, that's so sad that that happened to you. You, you know, you and Kai didn't deserve that. And Matt, too, and Lily. And being able to accept that, I think, even in your grieving was hard. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just random times when I'm thinking about him or when I'm feeling sad, I'll share um, more information or not more information will, yeah. but I'll just share about him or share that I'm thinking about him again I I guess my thought now is like one it helps me because I can just kind of put it out there that this is what I'm going through but I also am hoping that it helps somebody else who may be going through the same thing and doesn't feel comfortable talking about it and whether they want to talk to me about it or not, that's up to them. Cause I, I have mentioned that like, if anyone wants to talk about it, I'm open to talking to people. Um, but also just to know that someone's going through the same thing, even if you don't talk to them is like helpful to not feel alone. Sometimes it's better talking to a stranger. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, like, yeah, we can talk. And obviously you're my first choice for talking about feelings and stuff. But sometimes it's nice to talk to someone that does not know you and you can just and barely knows you. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, let me just let this all out. I never have to see you again. And we both kind of feel a little bit better, but I think like, it's, I feel like sometimes I make connections with people online through some of my traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed people commenting on like your stuff and I feel like it's making a difference. Yeah. And honestly, like when I had the miscarriage after I had Kai, I realized, like, was I sad about it? A hundred percent. But I had I still wasn't finished grieving Kai. Yeah. So it never really hit me. Like, if that makes sense. It's kind of just like I kind of I don't want to say I brushed over it, but it just kind of like all added into the same grief. And so like when I talk about it, I don't really talk about my miscarriage as much because I don't feel like it made me as sad, which maybe sounds bad to say, no. but it's just because I had so much other grief going on that that was just like added into it. I feel like that even adds on like after you experience pregnancy loss, allowing your body time to heal. I feel like not speaking for all women, but me as a woman, I feel like I needed to become pregnant right away after I had my miscarriage. I like I that. felt incomplete um and so I tried to get pregnant like as soon as my doctor said I could and I'm like just because she said I could doesn't mean that I should yeah and I think after the next cycle I had lost my um pregnancy in October of 2013 um and then I waited like a cycle and it didn't happen and I was like angry that I didn't get pregnant yeah and then I realized you know what like that's just adding additional stress I also was on um and me and you've talked about this the IUD and I know there's probably no they say there's no proof about it I feel like because I was on that IUD for so long I one probably shouldn't even have gotten pregnant as soon as I did like I got the IUD out and I would say like two weeks after I got the IUD out I was pregnant that's the same situation that happened with when I was pregnant with Kai. So I, I know where you're going with And this. I told my doctor, <laughs> and she's like, there's no connection to IUDs and miscarriages. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, is the science really there? Because realistically, I haven't had a period in five years. Yeah. So my body isn't normal. Yeah. And it needs time to regulate. And it needs time to get back on track. So when I didn't get pregnant again after my miscarriage, I gave my body a whole nother cycle and then I got pregnant immediately after that. Yeah. And then you go through, I feel like after you have experienced pregnancy loss, 
you're literally terrified your whole pregnancy after that. You're like any little cramp, any little anything. You're like, uh, like what's wrong? Something's wrong. And then you're just in a state of panic for nine months. At least that's how I felt. That's how I felt when I was pregnant with Kalila. Um, I think as a lot of what added into mine too is because I feel like a lot of people, once you get past the first trimester, you feel safe. Yeah. And I, with Kai, was in the second trimester. So when I was, and I still lost him. So when I was pregnant with Kalila, I honestly never felt safe. Yeah. Like I never felt like I reached a point in my pregnancy where I felt safe. Um, Honestly, probably until I was like, 36 weeks pregnant because at that point I knew if she's born at this point she'll be okay yeah I feel like for me mine was once I made it to my second trimester yeah um because I lost mine right before I hit the second trimester um but even then and I was lucky enough I've had my doctor since I was 18 so anytime that I went um she allowed me like I would say majority of the time to get like ultrasounds and stuff like that to help with my anxiety. I experienced a lot of pregnancy anxiety with Layton. Yeah, Um, so did I. And it's like anxiety. We could do a whole episode on anxiety, but it's just (laughs) like a constant state of panic. And I'm like, how do I stop that panic? Because that stress isn't good on my baby. Yeah. But I can't like stop worrying. Um, so I would imagine going as far as long as you did, I probably wouldn't even have been able to have peace until like she was here. Like, I think I honestly, I felt better when I got to around the 36 week mark, but honestly, I felt like when she was born, it almost didn't even feel real. Real. Yeah. And she's just the sweetest (laughs) little baby. I adore her so much. Yeah. It's just, it's very difficult. It takes a lot of time to like heal emotionally. And I don't know. It's just I w- it's something I wish more people would talk about as well. I think also, I don't know about you, but um even like my OB, I don't I, and I I maybe I don't think I'm the only woman who does this, but like they'll ask you if you're okay. And then you say yes, even though you know you're not okay. Yeah. And I'm like, why do we do that? Like, why can't we just be like, actually, no, I'm not okay. I'm struggling with this. And what is there something that you can do to, like, help me? Are there resources out there that can help me instead of struggling in silence? And I think as women, like, as a society, that's what we do. We struggle in silence. Yeah. I feel like for my situation, it was a little bit different yeah because um when I had him the doctors like came in and like checked on me and one thing I actually appreciated about the hospital that I had him in because I was on the labor and delivery floor because I went through labor and delivery um the doctors actually told me they put like a sign on my door like that indicated that I had lost my baby So that any as like shift changes and doctors and nurses and whoever came in, none of them came in like overly excited. They all like knew how to approach the situation, which I really appreciated because I feel like in like when I've had like a live birth, obviously they come in and they're like, how are you doing today? Like and they're happy and they're excited and you're happy and excited. So that's perfect. But when I had that loss, if someone had walked in and been like, hey, like, how's it going? How are you doing? Yeah. And none of them did that. They came in and they're like, "Okay, like, how are you feeling? Like, do you need anything? And they would check on me. But a lot of them came in and were like, just let me and Matt and like, just be like they didn't. They checked on me, obviously. But that's one thing I appreciated, which I'm sure a lot of hospitals do that. I would hope they all do. But I thought that was like a major thing because a lot of people are happy and having their babies and are excited. And then there's our people like me who aren't. Yeah. So it's like you, the doctors and nurses need to know how to appre- like approach the person. And honestly, they were amazing. Like they were all so sweet. And they all even after um, before I went home, the doctors came in and they like 
asked me if I had any questions. They asked me like if I needed anything. Um, they like <coughs> they gave me like this box which had like um, some like a photo album in it because they took pictures of him and they it had like a little baby blanket and whatnot. And like those just little things really made a difference. And I got like a little it's not a birth certificate, but like kind of just yeah. like a certificate saying that he was born, um, which and it put like his foot. they put his footprints on it. So it really just like helped me to feel like, OK, this matters. And like he was here yeah. and not just like, OK, well, you lost him. Like time to move Go on. Home. Yeah, I feel like that's extremely important um, for families and for mothers. Um because losing a child is not easy yeah and I feel like you need to know like their life mattered even if it was short um I think that's what's hard about like early um like first part trimester miscarriages is you almost don't get that acknowledgement yeah which I'm sure you like can like attest to is like yes you knew but like there's no one there because it wasn't not as many people knew, I guess. It feels very like insensitive. I don't know if that's the word. And you like pass it by yourself. Like, yeah. You're you're at home and like, you know, not all of them. I feel like if you um, have a miscarriage fairly early, um, it's you may not be able to like tell. tell. Yeah. Just like probably heavy bleeding. But I feel like when you're further along, there's a period where you, you know, yeah. Um, and then I feel like there's just emptiness. I remember just crying for like weeks. And what's weird is I think I had just told you that I was pregnant. And then we went to Gordman's and I bought a baby blanket. Yeah. And even for a moment, I almost got rid of that baby blanket, but I didn't. I ended up keeping it and I gave it to Layton when she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and she still has that blanket. And I'm actually glad that I kept it. But that was the first thing I bought when I found out that I was pregnant. Um, and I feel like early pregnancy, like you you want to be so excited and you want to tell people. And then that happens and you're like, this, is, this right here is why, like, they recommend you you don't tell and I feel like it's just so sad like it's just something that you have to go through unfortunately I don't I forget the statistics of how many um like how many people like lose a baby I looked it up and it says one in four pregnancies and in miscarriage which is crazy we have like our friend group is four (laughs) so it's like yeah and to know that, you know, you had a still birth and then a few months later ended up having a miscarriage is also crazy. Yeah, I think a lot of that because like I think I kind of like what you said, I like felt like I needed to get pregnant so quickly. Your body. Yeah. And after I had Kai, I did ask my doctors like when I could get pregnant again. And they said I could get pregnant um like after I had like my cycle um which I mean I can but honestly I think like I had delivered a baby I needed more time for my body to heal and I think that's part of why I had that miscarriage and I could be wrong obviously you don't really know but personally I feel like my body hadn't fully healed and it wasn't like ready to carry a baby yeah so after I had that miscarriage I actually waited a few months like I was what six months I think until I got pregnant and I really was waiting because I wanted my body to just feel normal and I wanted to make sure I gave my body time to heal and to just be in a place where it could carry a healthy pregnancy. I feel like in, in that too, it allowed you to heal. Yeah. And, you know, build even like your own mental health and your strength and for your body to be able to carry a successful pregnancy. I think it's important, like you decide when you're ready. But in my experience, I don't think I recommend getting pregnant right away after experiencing pregnancy loss. I think you need to allow yourself... I would say like 
two to three cycles. Yeah. To really just like <coughs> sit with that and process and like our let your bodies just do what it's supposed to do. Um, obviously do what's best for you. But I think had I waited just a little bit longer, I maybe I wouldn't have experienced so much anxiety. Um, I even think my, that me not getting pregnant right away after my miscarriage was like my body kind of telling me like, like I'm not ready. Hold yet. on. Like, let's get through this first. I also was still, I later found out was still, um, had that HCG level in my body, which is also probably why I didn't. I probably didn't even ovulate that month. Um, so I think it's just really important to listen to your body. I'm also learning now as a 31 year old, I am really not a fan of the IUD. Um, yeah. Honestly, any birth control, I feel like, which we can talk about in another episode. I feel like birth control in general was a big root for my depression that I had um especially the type of IUD I had which basically is su- it's suppressing like my hormones mm-hmm. so that I'm not producing that hormone that I'm supposed to be producing which is not natural like our bodies are naturally supposed to you know have a monthly cycle every month yeah and obviously there's other benefits of birth control and I'm not saying don't use birth control but for me personally I'm learning that those measures I used were not what I needed. So now I don't, I'm not on the IUD anymore and I feel much better with this version of myself. And I think it took a good two years for my body to fully regulate and get all of that like out. Yeah. Well, you mentioned after you had your miscarriage, you feel like you went through like a spell of like depression do you feel like that was because you didn't really talk about it or, or is yeah. it just you, you personally? I feel or? like I told you, I think I just told you, I was just like, yeah, last baby. And that was like that. And I remember you being like, Oh, like, are you okay? And I'm normally a very like emotional person. I've lately become a person that suppresses her emotions. And I feel like that's probably when it started. I remember telling my mom about it. But I hadn't told anybody else that we were um, pregnant. So I feel like because I hadn't shared it with a lot of people, I just suppressed it by myself. And I feel like for men, it's different. Like, I feel like Sal was sad, but he wasn't at the same time. Like, he was able to bounce back quicker. Well, I feel like I've read that men typically don't feel the same connection with, like, the pregnancy until you get later along and they can feel the baby move and they or when the baby gets here and that's normal it's because they're not growing the baby in their bodies they're not feeling the things that you're feeling so it just takes them more time to like gain that like connection yeah I had just had our first um, appointment and we were able to hear the heartbeat so I feel like once you hear that it's like real Mm -hmm. and then to know it's just gone like that. I think that's kind of what put me into like a little bit of a depression. And I just felt really like ashamed of myself. I remember I, I love baths and I remember I had taken a bath and I was like, did I take like too hot of a bath? And just like all those things, um, just blaming myself for something that in a way, I guess was my body doing what it was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing, too, that I think really bothers me about just the way society is when like treating women towards pregnancy is they almost don't want you to even announce you're pregnant until after that first trimester. Yeah, I remember um, I this I saw some random person on TikTok. I don't know her, but she found out she was pregnant and announced it right away. And she ended up having a miscarriage a couple weeks later. I don't know how far along she was, but I would guess eight to ten weeks. So she was pretty early. And in her comments, it was just like all these people saying, like, this is why you shouldn't announce early. Like, this is why you should wait till after your first trimester. This is why blah, 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 all these different things. And honestly, it made me like upset because I'm like, if she felt like she wanted to share when she was 
like just took the pregnancy test then why can't she and then she had a loss like the only reason you're saying like the only reason society honestly says you should wait is because they don't want to hear about it when you when if there's a loss and And why (laughs) yeah like I don't want to I guess it is in a way a a natural thing Mm -hmm. like sometimes you know the embryo just doesn't attach and that's kind of why you have miscarriage like something inside didn't go right and that's why your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing and I feel like it's okay to talk about it yeah but people don't want to hear about it the people are so cruel online I see stuff like that all the time and I'm always happy when people like announce their pregnancies I'm like I don't feel like it matters if you're two days in seven weeks in 12 weeks in like if you're happy happy be like be happy share it yeah and if something happens that's okay too like we still should talk about it and acknowledge it yeah i think what bothered me the most about like people being like this is why you should wait to share is like for me i did wait to share i didn't announce i was pregnant till i was 16 weeks pregnant i think so i was technically safe i was in the safe zone as people say (laughs) but i wasn't safe like i still lost him so it's like i'm like of the mindset of like announce whenever you want or don't announce at all if you don't feel like announcing that's totally on you yeah um but then if you lose the pregnancy like it like at least you had that moment where you were happy because I feel like that's something I lost with Kai is I was so scared my entire pregnancy. I actually, the reason, part of the reason I ended up announcing my pregnancy is because I was talking to my mom and she was telling me like, you deserve to feel excited and happy about this pregnancy too. Like, even though you're scared, like you still should have happy moments. And so I, that's part of what like pushed me to announce it and um we did do like a gender reveal and we did a little like party with like our fr- close friends and family That's really sweet. um which like looking back i'm so glad that we did that because we didn't have hardly any happy memories because yeah. i was so stressed yeah so and we didn't get to have like a baby shower or anything like that because he was born too early so it's like my mindset is announce whenever you feel comfortable. If you're ready to announce as soon as you get the positive pregnancy <laughs> test, then announce then. If you'd rather wait till the baby's born, that's fine too. If And any time in between is like perfectly Just okay. Just do what's best for you and then don't feel bad for announcing if you want to announce early and don't feel bad, you know, if something were to happen. I feel like even though they say like it, it's – a lower risk once you enter your second trimester, but there still are things that could happen. Like yeah. you never know. So I feel like you just got to do what's best for you and your family and then surround yourself or with people that care about that. Yeah. Cause the world's so cruel sometimes. It really is. And one thing I also wanted to bring up, which this might be a hot take, but <laughs> Um, I feel like a lot of times when people talk about their miscarriages or pregnancy loss, they feel the need to put a trigger warning. I personally don't put trigger warnings on any of my stuff. And maybe people feel (coughs) that I should or maybe people feel a certain way about that. But my opinion is everybody has their triggers. So it's not my responsibility to protect other people's triggers. And I feel like, okay, so my pregnancy loss might be a trigger to you, but your like healthy baby being born might be a trigger to me after I just lost my baby. But I'm not telling you, you should put a trigger. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think either side is triggering. Yeah. Like, I agree. Like, if I, I feel like even after my miscarriage, and sorry, I'm still getting over my cold. (laughs) Um, But even after my miscarriage, seeing pregnant people was triggering. And it's like, and I don't expect to them. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, like with me, I was still happy for those people. Like, and I, by no means I'm saying they should put a trigger warning, but I still was sad for myself. Yeah. Which is, I feel like a natural thing. Yeah. And normal. Um, I, I feel like I would, I, I mean, I would be triggered by 
seeing healthy like babies not that I don't want them to be healthy but it would make me think like well why wasn't my baby healthy why wasn't my baby this yeah so I I agree like both sides could be triggering I don't think I have ever put a trigger warning but I also don't talk about my miscarriage a lot like usually uh, I just share it like when we're talking about it in our friend group or somebody might bring it up and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I had a miscarriage. And a lot of people will be like, I had no idea. And I'm like, because I felt so shamed that I didn't want to talk about it. Um, which I feel like as a society, we've got to get better and we, we got to start having those conversations and just start supporting like women. Yeah. Because so many people go through it. You shouldn't feel like you're going through it alone and you shouldn't feel ashamed and I don't know like I said something is triggering to everybody and it's like it's okay to feel sad for yourself I remember when I was pregnant with Kai actually my sister-in-law was actually pregnant with my niece and they were due just a couple months apart And I remember being like so like uh, talking to my mom and being so worried that I would be like upset. And then I like told afterwards, I realized like I'm not upset at her at all. Like because obviously she did nothing. (laughs) But I was like, I I remember telling my mom, like, I'm so worried. Like, I'm worried that like what if something that like what happened to me happens to her? Like, I just want everything to go well. Like, I want her to have like the perfect pregnancy and like a smooth delivery and everything and I was so worried that instead of feel like that I would just feel angry yeah and I'm so glad that I didn't but you never know how it's gonna like come out you don't (laughs) um but when my niece was born I remember just feeling so like relief that like everything was okay that she was born healthy that everything was good and even calling my mom and being like, she was born and she's healthy she's and everything's great. great. <laughs> and I don't even know if I've talked to my sister-in-law about this, but there was just, I had a lot of worry those last few months of her pregnancy. Just like, please let everything be okay. Please let everything go like smoothly. Like, I just don't want someone else to experience what I've experienced. Yeah, no, I would feel the same way. And I think you, like, even in that situation, like, you handled all of it very, like, like with poise and, like, with ease. Because even in being excited that you're getting another family member, there's also a level of sadness for you, too. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying by any means I wasn't sad for myself because I was still sad that I wasn't getting to experience that and that my baby didn't make it. But I was just glad that I didn't feel anger yeah. because that would have been unfair to her because obviously sh- she, she did anything. nothing yeah. <laughs> like, th- like this is not here. this is not her <laughs> responsibility. But that's how I was worried I would feel. And my mom was like, you're that's just not who you are. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and but you just never know how things are going to come out. Um. So, yeah, it's like that like you have to keep that in mind for yourself as you're going through a loss you just have to remember that if someone who's pregnant uh, near that's close to you like they're this probably added stress to them too because now they're thinking of all the worst things that could happen and at the end of the day everyone just wants to have a happy healthy baby and that's all I want for my friends and family is happy healthy babies I would never wish this upon anybody no it's just it's something so hard to have to experience Um, and if you are like experiencing that I feel like just surrounding yourself with good people um, speaking up for your needs I think that's what we were talking about like as women we kind of suppress things and you just I feel like you have to not be afraid to just speak up like if you're not okay it's okay to not be okay you experience something traumatic go ahead and speak up even if it is to a stranger and you don't want to talk about it with your inner circle or your family like find someone in, in a safe space that you can talk to I think talking about it helps you heal well and even at your doctor's appointment like well I guess a lot of times if you go through a miscarriage, you don't get a doctor's appointment. I guess for me, I went through delivery, so I still had my six-week appointment. I think I actually had two. I think they ended up making me come in at two weeks and then at six weeks. 
I and maybe it's because I was further along. I did have a follow up appointment with my doctor. Okay, I know when I had my miscarriage, I didn't. Um, but I'm sure if I wanted to, I could have. I feel like you're if you have a like you should have a good doctor. If you need to call them and tell them, I feel like they will be able to help. Yeah. So and I feel it. Yeah. You just want to mention it to them. Like I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling however you're feeling and they can kind of help support you or maybe get you in touch with like a support group or just different things that might be helpful to you because I I just feel like way too many people go through it on their own and you shouldn't like you shouldn't feel like you have to go through this alone yeah I don't think any type of grieving experience you should go through alone I think that's how it leads into depression and so I think speaking up journaling journaling has literally healed me in so many ways I could be having the absolute worst day I could be like an emotional wreck and I will put pen to paper I might do it for a couple hours and I'll feel better it just I feel like your words like hold power and Mm -hmm. it's okay to like let out that pain yeah or even honestly I feel like I probably should have went and talked to someone like a therapist after my loss but I didn't do that um but like even if you feel like you need to talk to like a therapist or or just like talk I think the biggest thing is talking to some people who have been through it I know for me a hard part that I really struggled with is after I had Kai and I didn't know this but when once you reach a certain point in pregnancy and like I went through delivery I actually had to go through all the postpartum that you would normally go through so like my milk came in as if I had a baby which added like another level of like grieving and then I had to suppress it to make my milk go away which so then I'm physically in pain yeah because I that's a lot I'm trying to like not have my milk supply come in and it's painful anyways when you have a baby when your milk comes in so then to try to not have the milk is like painful and then just dealing with like this I was still bleeding like you do postpartum so like the physical healing and even after a miscarriage like the physical part of it like it's a lot more like tired and weak I feel like you experience a lot of cramping yeah and Um, it's like heavy bleeding it is and it's scary but those are like those things that we're talking about that it's okay to talk about but society doesn't talk about that like you may not if you're someone who's never experienced a miscarriage or a stillbirth you may not know that after that happens your body still goes through that yeah Um, I will say um prior to me experiencing all this I thought when you had a miscarriage which this is probably just a naive thought I thought it was just like you got your period mm -hmm. basically like not how it really is which is like heavy bleeding and heavy cramping Cramping. and just all like the hormones leaving your body and all of that like even like I mentioned earlier I I still remember that pop that I felt inside and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like immediately like a gush of like blood or anything that it was a pop and I just remember telling my partner like something's wrong like that's not normal and then it was once I got home, that's when it started to happen. And the cramping feels almost like, I won't quite say like labor, but probably like early labor. That's what the cramping feels like. Um, and it's it's like a scary experience to have to go through, let alone have to go through that like alone. Yeah, I feel like even if you do have a supportive partner, because I, I do feel like my husband's very supportive and he was there for me but he doesn't know what that feels like and he doesn't like he can be empathetic and he can be there for me and he can be supportive but he doesn't really know how to never experience it yeah and I think the other thing we kind of have to keep in mind is like your partner lot like went through a loss as well like that's one thing I thought about after I had Kai is everyone was asking me how I was doing and they did initially ask him like are you doing okay 
Um, but after that, like no one really checked on him. Yeah. So I tried to make sure I would ask him, like, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Because it's like he, he lost, lost something like yeah. he lost a baby, too. And although he physically didn't go through what I went through, he's still dealing with like the emotional side of it. Yeah. I feel like we also forget that side, too. Mm-hmm. Like men, like partners will be so strong for you but they also have feelings and their um their feelings are on honestly I feel like just kind of dusted under the rug and the woman is put forward which it makes sense why um but I think it's important to remember that they also lost someone too yeah so I don't know I guess just uh, if you have check on your partners che- yeah <laughs> just check just and it doesn't have to be anything crazy just ask them like are you doing okay or even like just your people in your life like to the general public i guess don't forget to check on your friends partners as well and ask like are you doing okay do you need anything yeah because they're grieving too yeah so i guess the biggest thing is if you do know someone who's going through a loss just really try to be there for them and let them know like you're there for them if they need to talk because for me that's what really helped me heal was being able to talk about it um and then if you're going through it just know that you're not alone yeah you're not alone and you know you can always write us you can find a support group like even on facebook they have support groups Mm -hmm. if you want to talk to someone that isn't close to you i don't know why that helps but it helps me it helps it helps me too so i just don't want anyone to feel like they're going through it alone because you're not you're not the only person who's went through this you're not the only person who has experienced it and even though that is a sad thought to know so many people have went through it it's also slightly comforting when you've went through it to know that you're not the only person it's happened to yeah and that there's nothing wrong with you exactly um and you can you know get help and and hopefully go on if you want more kids and to have another kid talk with your doctor talk with your family talk with your friends talk with a therapist they they do help i know people are sometimes (laughs) anti-therapists but i would tell you like they work and it doesn't have to be like a prolonged thing it could be like you know just a couple sessions yeah just so that you can not hold that emotion in and get it out talking helps well i think that's everything that we have i hope that helps somebody if you are experiencing it or if you just are hoping to support someone who's experienced it and yeah, it, I know it's a sad topic, but it's definitely something that should be talked about on a re- as a normal conversation, honestly. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you've been enjoying our podcast and enjoying all of our different episodes. Um, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast so you can get notified every time we release a new episode, which is every Thursday. Yes, and then remember you can follow us on instagram and tiktok at unapologetically relatable Uh, make sure you like subscribe and share um, so that we can help reach other people too yes thank you again for listening we'll talk to you next week bye